Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come in here today and to hear your word. Lord, because we know when the word comes forth, Lord God, we have a promise that it will not return void, that it's going to produce in every one of our lives, and that healing is going to manifest itself in our bodies and in every area of our lives. So, Father, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do. We thank you for what we're about to learn. And, Lord, we thank you for the days ahead, because the days ahead are going to be far greater than what we've had to endure to this point. So, Father, we thank you in advance for what you're about to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a couple of announcements here. So we will have class next week, um, next week, the 18th, and then the following week, the 25th, we will be off because we have water baptism that night, and this will be a dressing room for some people, and then we'll be back the following week, which I believe is November 1st, and uh, so just mark that in your calendars. Next week, we'll be back. Miss Janet will be teaching. We'll have a break, and then we'll be right back in here on November 1st. Additionally, uh, sometimes we want... Some of us may want to have some additional learning. Um, maybe we have questions that we want to ask that we don't feel comfortable asking in a larger setting. And so we've begun offering something on Sunday mornings called God's Medicine One-on-One. And our own Miss Janet, who's our resident expert when it comes to healing and the Word of God, has made herself available on Sunday mornings uh, to assist with that. And so if you're interested in that, if you go on to the church website, or ARC Info, you can actually sign up for uh, personal slots to spend time with Miss Janet, and, and she does a very good job of helping us to understand what God's Word says about healing and how to apply that to our lives. And I think there's a huge benefit in that, and uh, the fact that she's made herself available to that, that's a huge blessing to us and to the church. So I encourage you to take advantage of that as well. And I believe that's all of my announcements. So um, we're going to do what we do every week. We're going to hold our Bibles up, so if you have a, your Bible with you, we're going to make a confession. First off, does anyone need a Bible? Because we have Bibles. Anyone need a Bible? No? Okay. Let's all hold our Bibles up, or our smart devices, and we're going to say it together. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's Word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me, and I love to read my Bible. Now, one of the things that I am very, um, I have a strong conviction on is when you're passionate about something, it's, it's really deep down on the inside of you, right? And um, I'm, I'm like the bossy one of the group, Miss Janet and Miss Joy, real nice. Um, I get up here and then I tell you guys what to do and do it again. And so I'm, I want to see if we can do that again, because some of us, I can see it's been a long day. And we're like, this is my Bible. It's God's word to me. And we're saying like we don't really believe it. But do you understand that the word of God has the ability to change your situation? And we have to approach it in that way. We have to approach it knowing that, you know what, tonight, God, as we begin to unfold the scriptures and read the scriptures, and as I listen to this man tonight, Lord, somehow, some way, as your word comes forth, I'm going to receive my healing tonight. That's that, that needs to be our approach, guys. And, and so for me... That declaration is just priming the pump for what God's about to do. 
So let's do it one more time, like we believe what we're saying and like we believe that his word's going to make a difference tonight. So let's say it all together. Say, this is my Bible. This is my Bible. Oh, there you go. It's God's word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. And I love to read my Bible. Amen, amen, amen. How many of you guys know that God's faithful? Like, do you know that God is faithful? Do you know God's faithful when it comes to finances, right? God can provide whatever it is that we need. That God's faithful when it comes to our children. He'll protect our children. He'll watch over them. He'll, he'll guard them all the days of their life. But did you also know that God's faithful when it comes to healing? He is faithful when it comes to everything. You know, 1 Corinthians 1.9, this is not in your notes. It says this. It says, God is faithful. In the Amplified, it says he's reliable. He's trustworthy. He's ever true to his promise. We have to understand that he's ever true to his promise. That if it's in the scriptures, he's going to be true to that for you and I. Because he's a faithful God. It goes on to say he can be depended on. And through him... You were called into fellowship with his son. God loves each and every person in here. And he's not someone who's going to withhold good from his children. He loves you enough that he's made healing available to you and I. And it's because of his faithfulness that we are able to receive his healing. But we have to understand and acknowledge the fact that he is faithful. I believe sometimes it's easy for us to believe that God is faithful when it comes to others. I think it's harder sometimes when it's us. We're like, oh, he's a good God. Oh, he's a faithful God. He's a God who always comes through. And then life happens. We get a diagnosis. We feel a pain. And then we start thinking, well, you know, I haven't always done everything right. Maybe, maybe I'm not being healed because, or maybe, maybe I'm just destined to live life with this issue in my body. No, guys, the same God who healed Miss Joy, who healed Miss Janet, who healed anyone in the scriptures is the same God who will heal you because he's a faithful God. He's one who can be depended on. In uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.24, it says, Faithful is he who's calling you to himself. He's utterly trustworthy. Utterly trustworthy. That's who God is. That's not in your notes either. I'm just throwing some scriptures out there that I didn't put in your notes. I'm sorry. But I want to make sure you understand tonight before we get started that God is faithful. We have to establish this as a base because here's the deal. I found typically we don't go to someone we don't trust, right? Like someone has to be deemed trustworthy in our sight when we go to them for help. Can we all agree with that? And so each and every one of us tonight has to settle within ourselves that no matter what the diagnosis is, what it is I'm dealing with or how long I've been dealing with it, I can go to God and he's going to be utterly trustworthy on my behalf. He can be dependent upon to help me out of this situation. Each and every one of us has to settle that within ourselves. And, and I believe that we're going to do that. And then finally, the last thing, and then we'll move on. Deuteronomy 7.9 says, Therefore know without any doubt and understand that the Lord your God he is God, the faithful God who is keeping his covenant. See, here's the thing, guys. We have to separate God from everyone else. I think sometimes we approach him like we do our family members, our friends, our, our coworkers or whatever. You know, those people who are closest to us from, that who, from time to time let us down. 
who are not always there for us? No, he's God, and he's always faithful, and he's always there for us, and he will always have healing available to us, and we have to approach him that way. We can't approach him like we do everyone else. He's on a whole nother level. And so let's settle that within ourselves, that tonight he's God. From this day forward, he's God. He can be dependent upon, and he is my source for everything healing. Can we all agree with that tonight? Because he's good and he's faithful. One of the things that I I found as you read in scriptures is, um, and and I hope you're reading scriptures, you know, I love to read the passages because what I found is is, um, the stories in the scripture serve to really boost my faith and encourage me because the same faithful God who moved in the scriptures is the same faithful God who will move in my life. And in those scriptures, there's a lot that can be gleaned from from those stories. One of the things I found is uh, anyone who received from God found a way to put away each and every distraction. Like every time there's a story in the scriptures, there's always an opportunity to be distracted. There is a story, again, this is in your notes, you can make write this down. There's one story, one of my favorite stories, found in Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 43. It's about Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. The story starts out from Jairus' perspective. He goes to Jesus, and he wants the father. He believes that if, if Jesus can just get to his home, his daughter can be healed. So it, this is his story. And Jesus agrees that I will come with you to heal your daughter. And as they get going down the road, the story takes a shift, and it goes from Jairus. Now it's about this woman. It's like, where'd she come from? This was my story, Lord. You ever been there? You ever been there where you're believing God for something and someone close to you gets a breakthrough, gets a blessing, gets a miracle, and you're like, what about me, God? Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I need to sit down and maybe y'all need to teach me tonight. (laughs) Sometimes things going around us, people being blessed or receiving something from God, sometimes that can be a distraction to us because we're like, whoa, wait. Lord, I've been believing you. I've been praying. Miss Janet said A, B, C, one, two, three, and I've done all this, and, and he's moving. you're moving in her life and his life. Where you at, God? Story goes on. It says this woman was dealing with this situation for 12 years. Spent all the money she had, saw all the doctors, all the specialists, did everything she could in her, her, her own strength and her own power. And then it said, but when she heard about Jesus... What do you suppose she heard about Jesus? Well, I believe she heard he was faithful, that he was good, that he was going around healing all who were sick and oppressed. I believe she heard that, and she believed within herself that if he's doing it for others, he'll do it for me. The story says, then she thought within herself that if I can get to Jesus like all those other people, I'll be healed. And the story goes on to say that she pressed through, got close to Jesus, and she received her healing. Then the story doesn't end there, guys. The story goes right back to Jairus. And around this time, people were coming from his home and said, don't bother him anymore because your daughter is dead. And I love what Jesus said. He said, No, she's not. He says, only believe. You see, sometimes I think 
we allow distractions to keep us from our blessing of healing. And we see here in this story where Jairus, his interaction, his exchange with the Lord being disrupted by someone else completely, and he could have easily given up, but he didn't. He only believed. And when distractions come, guys, we have a decision to make. Are we going to let that distraction keep us from what the Lord's promised us, or are we going to only believe? Second story. It's found in 2 Kings. Another one of my favorite stories. It's about the Shunammite woman. The Bible goes on, talks about this woman. She says, you know, Elisha, she, she recognized him as being a man of God. And every time he came through, she, she wanted her and her husband to, to make a place for him in the, in the home. And so they made a place. And Elisha and uh, his servant Gehazi would come in and, and rest in there. And one day, Elijah speaks over her, says that he wants to bless her, and, and says that in a year's time, she's going to conceive and have a child, which she does. Story goes on to say that now she has this promise, this, this blessing from the Lord. And um, it says one day the child was out in the field with his father, and he began to, to feel pain, and he sent his, his child in with, the, with his mother. And when he went in to sit with his mother on her lap, he actually died. And it said that the woman took her child and placed him in the room that she made for the man of God. And then she went to find the man of God. Sometimes we get in environments like this where the word of God's coming and it's coming. And then we're going to the doctors and our symptoms are getting better. We start feeling better, more of ourselves. And we're feeling great. And then all of a sudden, there's a setback. Guys, do you, can I tell you? You don't have to receive that setback. That's a distraction from the enemy. In this story, this woman said, nope, I'm not going to settle. Her husband came and said, what's going on? Why are you going to the, 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 the man of God? And she said, it is well. Every opportunity she had to doubt the situation, she said, it is well. We have to have something built in us. That no matter the diagnosis, no matter the symptom, no matter whatever it is, whatever distraction comes our way, that it is well. That the Lord, he's going to complete this. That the Lord, he's faithful, and that my healing is going to be settled within me. Does that make sense? We have to keep going. The story goes on, and it says when she got to Gehazi, he came, he breathed life back into the child, and she was able to enjoy that promise, her child, from there on out. I believe God wants all of us to, believe, or to, to enjoy a life of health, a life of fullness and wholeness in every area of our body. Do you realize God did not design you to have to deal with symptoms? Like, I know people who say, I'm good. It's just diabetes. As long as I take my shot, I'm good. Or I'm good. It's just high blood pressure. As long as I take my pills, I'm good. Do you know you don't have to live a life like that? That the Lord can heal you so that you can live complete and not have to rely on medical prescriptions? You can live on those things and you can endure in this life, but you can live life a different way as well. 
One of the things each of us has to do is settle within ourselves how we want to live that life. But God is good and he's faithful. And if we'll only believe him, I believe we'll receive something so much greater than we could have anticipated and imagined. So my third story I do want to look at together so that we can all read. I won't confuse you anymore. It's found in Luke chapter 5. So let's turn to Luke chapter 5. So Luke chapter 5, we're going to start reading in verse 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And I want to stop there. I, I, I want to encourage you in this because this is something that the Lord gave me, and, and I, I approach every church service. I approach every time I open my Bible. Anytime the Word of God's coming forth, this is how I approach it. It says Jesus was present, and the power of God was present to heal. Do you realize every time you are in a place and the word of God is coming forth, the power to heal is present. Do you understand that? Like if you are at home and reading your word, the power of God to heal is present. When you come to a church service and, and, the, and Pastor Allen is speaking or worship is going on, the power of God is present to heal. When you come to healing class on Wednesday nights and we're speaking the word, not because Derek or Miss Joy or Miss Jan is up here, but because the word of God is present, the power of God is here to heal. Do we understand that? So I believe that God can do something even in this midst, even in our midst tonight. In verse 18, it says, Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tilling in the midst of before Jesus. I want to stop there for a minute. Think about it for a minute. You got these guys, they have their friend on this stretcher, and they thought this through. Hey, you know what? Jesus is like over there in cut and shoot. If we can get there, then I know you can find your healing. And everyone agreed. We get there, he's going to be there, and you're going to get healed. They get to cut and shoot, and there's people everywhere. Like, He's in the middle of town in this little convenience store, and they're like, there's no way we can get him. Guys, I believe time, there's many times in our lives where distractions like this pop up, where we see a difficulty, and we just give up. We just throw in the towel. But we have to have the same spirit in us, that if we know that Lord has our answer, that no matter what's in front of us, we're going to find a way to get to God and his truth. Does that make sense? It says they looked for another way. And verse 19, and when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tilling in the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, May your, man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can give sins but God alone? And when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. 
He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. I believe when I read this story that there were many others that could have been healed. Pharisees, if they had shown the same faith. But what we have to understand is, is when we make a decision that God's word can heal us, that the presence of the Lord can heal us, we cannot allow anything to keep us from that. And we're going to talk about that some more as well. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us, let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith the first incentive of our belief, and the one who brings our faith to maturity, who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and his completion of his work. So looking away from all that will distract. Distraction are the enemy's way of causing us to lose our focus. That's what they are. I believe it's real easy for us to say amen, come into agreement, and really see everything that I'm talking about tonight. It's when we go out into our home and to our worlds where we have to make sure that we maintain focus. Things that distract us from God and being able to receive from God, relationships, friends, families, coworkers. You're going to have those people in your lives who want to talk you through things. Well, you know, your mama had the same thing and she died. And and, you know, Aunt Bessie, she, she died from the same thing, too. And, 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 you know, Michael, remember Michael? Yeah, he had the same thing, too. You know, that runs in our family. You have to be careful who you allow to speak in your life. You realize you control who you allow to speak into your life? You don't have to receive everything. You know, a few weeks ago when I, when I taught in main service, I, sh I shared the story about my uncle who was in a car accident broke his neck and a place in his back, and then he went into the hospital, and the doctors told him he had the same injury as Christopher Reeve, and that if he made one wrong move, he'd be paralyzed for the rest of his life, and I love it. I believe he, that lesson, that story he told was just for me as his nephew, because he looked at that man and all the pain that he was in, even seeing the x-rays, and he said, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. He had a decision to make. He could have went with it and said, oh, you're right. Better not move. Or he could take a stand and say, I understand the damage that's been done, but Jesus has healed me. He didn't deny that his, his neck was broken. He didn't deny that he had a broken back. He just chose to stand on the word of God. We don't deny what we're dealing with. We just make a decision to stand on the fact that this situation is not too hard for God that by his stripes, healing was purchased for me, and healing is at work in me right now. Does that make sense? I've known people who've said, who, you know, their arm is hanging the wrong way, and they're like, nope, my arm's not broke. I'm like, no, your arm's pretty broke. 
We don't deny that it's broke. We acknowledge the fact that God can heal it. And so we have to have on the inside of us a word. Because if not, those relatives, those friends, and those co-workers will distract us from the truth and lead us down a path away from healing. Our work, career, our pursuit for money and material things. I've seen it time and time again. We mean well. We get in church. The Lord says, I planted you here. This is where I'm going to pour into you. You're going to grow spiritually. And then we get busy with work and our career and and, and in the pursuit of, of what we believe is the American dream, and we're trying to do things with the mindset, I'm trying to better my family. And we get so caught up, we lose sight of the fact that now we're prioritizing that over our relationship with God. And then life happens, and we get a diagnosis. We get a bad report. And because we haven't spent time feeding on the Word of God, becoming more anchored in the Word of God, that diagnosis, that bad report, overwhelms us, and we have nothing to fight it with. God is not against us being successful. God is not against us having things. But anything that we put before the Lord is out of order. And I'm speaking it as one who's pursued those things, And I'm speaking as one who's seen my loved ones go down wrong paths because they've put God on the shelf and gone after other things. And when life happened, they were not prepared. I love you too much to allow that to happen to you as well. You do realize the Bible says that if we will seek God first, if we'll put him first and build everything else around that, everything that we think that we want in our lives, can be added, but it starts with him. And so we don't want the pursuit of money in our career to distract us. Uh, media and social media. There is so much information coming now. I mean, I people watch, my wife laughs at me if we go to a restaurant, if we go to a place. We'll be in a doctor's office, and I'm just kind of surveying of how many people are like this, bent over and looking at devices. We are so consumed We've been invited to dinner over people's homes, and we've gone to the kitchen table with them and their family and their loved ones, and we're sitting there talking to a host, well, one of them, because the other one's on the phone, and then the, the children are on the phone. It's, we're, we're in a distracted society. And those are things that the enemy can use to distract us, to keep us from getting into God's word and getting God's word on the inside of us. They're time suckers. They, they just suck our time away, and then we realize... Yeah, I've been on this three, four hours. And so we have to be careful of that. Religious thinking. Those of us who grew up in denominations where we weren't encouraged to get into the Word, but we listened to someone's opinions and someone's personal thoughts on a matter, and we took that as being the gospel truth, those things can get us off. I grew up in a denomination where they said, God bless some and didn't bless others. God healed some and didn't heal others. Well, that's not a faithful God. That's a God who picks and chooses who he likes, a God who plays favorites. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. And so we have to get away 
and make sure we don't fall on that. And then the final, finally, this is one, this is a Derek, Derekism. This is kind of where God has me right now. Um, we have to make sure that we're not just pursuing the blessing and not pursuing the Father. We can't just pursue the healing and then have no relationship with the Lord. We need to pursue the healer. We have to go all after him because he's worth it. If the enemy can distract you from your time alone with God, then he can isolate you from the help that comes from God. Just my thought. If he can distract you, then he can isolate you. And if you're isolated, you're easy prey. But that's not what God wants, and that's not what we want. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, for, not, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. You put God first. You go all in with him. There's more that comes with the package. So much more. I get people all the time that I know who I grew up with back at home, and they say, how, how is it you can do this church thing? And I'm like, because this church thing has blown me away. The Lord is so, so good. Like there is nothing in my life that can compare to being in a relationship with God. Nothing. They're like, but yeah, man, but you know, and, and I'm telling on myself, they're like, man, you drive a minivan. You've been driving a minivan for 13 years. Look at what I'm driving. Yeah, but are you happy? Are you at peace? Are you whole? I am. And I believe, guys, that if we'll put God first, healing and everything else that we're believing God for will just begin to flow easily into our lives. So let's refocus and stay focused. Focused people are determined people. We don't compromise, but we're disciplined, and we're people who win in life. The Apostle Paul was a focused man. That's why he could say, at the end, I've finished my course and I've kept the faith. We have got to stay focused in the area. One of the things I learned from coming to this class, I think, you know, I had to correct uh, one of our uh, younger staff members one day because he said, man, this has always been easy to you. Like, you've always been in the Bible. I'm like, no, I haven't. That's ridiculous. So we all had to start somewhere. A lot of people don't know, when I came to this church back in 2003, was angry, dealing with a lot of different things, had given up hope on some things, and it was this very class that uh, began my healing journey and my healing process. And got no problem saying, back then I stuck out in the class. Most of the people in the class were a lot older than me, and I'd sit back in the back and try to hide, and um, the Lord knew I thought I just stumbled into the class, but the Lord knew what he was doing. And the Lord began to restore me and heal me on the inside. But I also didn't realize the Lord was building a faith in me for things to come. Little did I know that years later, I'd be hospitalized with pneumonia. I'd deal with Bell's palsy, that I would um, deal with a lot of different ailments. But the things that I learned in this class helped me work out of those situations. And so my encouragement is every time you come in here, let's leave all the distractions 
at bay. Let's not hold on to those. Know that when you come in here, the power of God is here to heal. That when the word of God comes forth, it's going to fall on the good ground of your heart. And that it's going to produce in your life. God loves each and every one of us. And no matter what it is that we're dealing with, it's not too hard for God. Is it? Is it too hard for God? Is your situation too hard for God? I think Floyd's the only one who thinks that. Is it? Is your situation too hard for God? No. No. And you got to know this is temporary. You have to have an inner dialogue. This has an expiration date. That God's healing power is at work in me right now. And the days of me taking this medication, they're going to come to an end. And my doctor is going to confirm it. He's going to look at me and say, you know what? You don't need to take this anymore. I don't know what happened. But your test results showed you don't need this anymore. And your responsibility, I know what happened. God's faithful. He's faithful, guys. Philippians 3.14 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to app- apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in, cre- in, in Christ Jesus. The goal represents our healing. No matter what the past looks like, whether it was last year, last month, or yesterday, you must keep pressing toward your goal of healing. If the goal is healing in your body, keep pressing. If it's healing in your mind, keep pressing. And understand that we all have a due season. We cannot give up. Each and every one of us has a due season. God is faithful. If he did it for one, he'll do it for the other. When you have friends or loved ones or you hear stories, don't get jealous, don't get distracted, or don't get discouraged. Rejoice with them. And know that your time will come. In the story of the woman with the issue of the blood, think about it. Jairus could have turned and walked away as Jesus and the woman were having their interchange, as, as they were you know, discussing the situation. He could have just been like, man, come on, and just walked off. But he didn't. The, the friends who took the paralytic to, to be with Jesus, they could have gotten all the way there, seen that large crowd, and been, been like, man, look at all these people, and gotten discouraged and turned around and went back home. I mean, he's been in that situation for a long time. They could have chose to stay in that situation, but they didn't. And so we have to make sure we don't let our distractions discourage us. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint and acting nobly and doing right. For in due time and at the appointed season, we will reap if we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. Can't get weary, can't get tired. We got to stay in the word. Yeah, but I've read those scriptures before. Read them again. But I can say them with my eyes closed. Well, keep saying them with your eyes closed. Why? Because the more words you get into you, the more stronger you get. I think about it how easy it is for us to pop a pill sometimes. Well, I won't speak for you, for me. How easy it is. Go to the doctor. He says, hey, take two of these and finish them all out, and then in a week's time you'll be good. I don't ever question. I'm like, okay, doc, we're good. And what do I do? I complete the whole process. I don't even give it a second thought. 
Well, I've shifted now, and I've taken that same mindset when it comes to the Word of God. Only believe. Stand strong. Don't get weary. Press toward the goal. Those are things that we have to do. He doesn't tell you to stop. He just says, press, keep on pressing. Stand, keep on standing. Believe, keep on believing. That's our prescription, guys. We got to keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. And we serve a God where there's nothing too difficult for Him. Nothing. When I think over my lifetime, me, my wife, my kids, God's healing mercies and powers all over it. Think about with my son. Doctor calls us in. We're in the second trimester and says, Mr. and Ms. Thompson, we need you to sit down. We got some bad news for you. What? The test results show your, your son's going to be born Down syndrome. We're two young kids. We don't know what to do. In that season, our pastor that we were going to church had started teaching us about the healing scriptures. And so we started standing on the healing scriptures and speaking them over our child, our unborn child, and standing strong. I still remember the day he called us and said, hey, I don't know what happened. We took a second amniocentesis uh, test, and uh, the results show that something's changed. And we said, well, what does that mean? Well, the first test results show that he had Down syndrome. The second test, which was four weeks later, showed that he doesn't. And so we said, what does that mean? Well, I guess you guys have nothing to worry about. And our baby boy was born, and he didn't have that situation. Now, he can be a knucklehead sometimes now, but that's <laughs> a different story. My third child, our second child, was born in the car. And when she was born... She wasn't breathing. And for minutes, and the doctors were like, doesn't look good, doesn't look good. And I know we don't talk about this a lot, but my wife and I, you know, we grew up in a church where we prayed in the spirit. And so we began to pray in the spirit and believe in God. And I, believe, I remember the Lord saying, I have her. And I'll never forget. I mean, the, the sweetest sound in my life is a baby just starts screaming from, from her lungs. I was thinking about all this the other day. And then our third child, she had a hole in her heart the size of a dime. And they said, she's always going to have an issue. So get ready for a long, long journey. And about her second checkup after she was born, doctors were like, we don't know what happened. Like the hole closed up. I'm like, I know what happened. And as I look back, God's fingerprints are all over my family showing me his healing mercies. And guys, can I tell you, that's when I was 21, 22, 23. This year I'll be 50. And he hasn't stopped healing. He's healed me. He's healed my wife. And I think that's the message he wants us to understand, that he's still in the healing business, that distractions will come. But if you'll push those distractions off, if you'll focus on me, if you'll stand believe and keep pressing you'll receive your healing you'll experience the same healing mercies that we have why to 
because he's a faithful God. He's utterly dependable. And his word will never fail. Does that make sense, guys? All right, let me just pray over you. Father, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, I thank you, Lord God, that you are faithful to each and every one of us and that you are moving in all of our lives. And Father, I thank you that your word's going to prove true in our situations. I thank you that each and every one of us in this room will be healed now, Lord God, and from this day forward, moving forward, Lord, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.